0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to my podcast. How you doing? I'm going to stop doing the intros that are like, welcome to Life Through a Distorted Lens. This is Lindsay, your host. Because I think, uh, I don't know, at this point, if you're, I feel like the podcasts I've been listening to in my life, they don't do intros like that because, I mean, you're clicking on something. You obviously know what the fuck you're listening to. Do I really need to tell you again what who your host is and what you're listening to? It's not my job to tell you what you click in what you clicked into. I don't know. Anywho. Yes, how are you? Uh what's been happening? This is that weird thing with podcasting where I'm like, How are you? And then I don't hear anything and I'm like, Oh man. Uh, Yeah, this week I have on the amazing Laura Julian. She is a feminist. She's an advocate for the sex-based rights of women and girls and a mother and a musician out of Southern Appalachia. Appalachia? I don't know. I think I say that funny, but I don't care. Who cares? Tomato, tomato, aluminum, aluminum. There's no, like, right or wrong way to say a lot of words. Um, Even I've heard people say Oregon versus Oregon, and I giggled, and they were like, I don't know. That's how... I say it in that uh, region and I was like, yeah, you know, fair enough. It's not like, I'm not going to sit there and correct people and be like, (laughs) you're wrong. Like if that's how they say it, where they live, I, I know what they meant. So why would I critique it at that point? Anyway, I'm going to shut up and just get on and get in on into it. And three, two, one. Just keep the conversation going. Don't think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot, it's easier to just talk person to person than when, when I imagine that it's well tell me person about, like, to yeah.
0: other hundred people. Oh, well, it's just, don't think about it. It's just me and you. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Like, I did. yeah. <laughs> just, just, Let me keep talking about it and tell you not to think about it. So you think about it more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, don't think about my boobs. Don't. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, Can you tell me about like what your you know, music if,
0: background or something like, um, yeah, you know.
1: sure. I um well I grew up in Roswell and I was listening to rap That's crazy. and so did I. What the oh heck? you did? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. Um and so I I loved like another bad creation and um like the Who did that song Motown Philly back again and um like Salt and Pepper and you know, just yeah. Yeah, R&B, pop rap, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then I moved to, oh, like, really red um, town where everyone was white but me. And um, I was, I just had a hard time with that. It was kind of a culture shock for me to go from, like, running around kind of feral with all my friends of all different backgrounds mm-hmm. and um and we were all kind of equalized, though, because uh, it was like a lower income apartment complex. Mm. And and so we all there wasn't really that feeling of um, uh, like wealth inequality or whatever, because we were all just the same, you know, just like feral kids running around latchkey kid kind of situation, you know. Um, so that was kind of one of the like highlights of my childhood, actually. So I'm telling you this just to tie it back into music. And I was listening to the same music my peers were listening to. Um, and then when I moved uh, to Cumming, which at that time in the, I guess it was the early 90s, mid 90s, it was really just a very um, notoriously racist mm. county where I moved to. So I was in fifth grade and um, I was the only person of color at the whole school. Oh my God. It was so, and there were, it was kind of weird. Like that's right at that age too, where you start really caring about how you look and um, whether or not you fit in with your peers. And all the young ladies in my fifth grade class had um, perms and they had their hair just in this beautiful, like wild waterfall, sort of fringy, like, oh my God, I needed that. I wanted it too. And so I like attempted a perm oh god and it was terrible it was a big mistake so I was listening to when I got there I started listening to well not really listening to it but I was hearing a lot of country music mm. just like um like Elvira oh, yeah. oh, there's so much country
0: in my veins dude
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the CDB you know did you ever listen to the is CDB? it I was the like, Charlie like, Daniels. oh
0: I've heard of them yeah I was like yeah. it's, there's like, little, like acronym bands yeah
1: long-haired country boy and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So I was was listening to that. I was like getting that suddenly. And then um, I had this, there was a woman who lived next door to where me and my mother lived. And she was um, like a really hardworking businesswoman. You know, she was a single woman. Well, I mean, she had her boyfriend come stay with her from time to time. And this boyfriend uh, was a musician, and he would play periodically with the Indigo Girls, um, or so he said. I was oh, so God. young, I didn't know Indigo Girls from from what. Um, but he started giving me CDs, and he gave me the box set, like the complete recordings of Billie Holiday. Oh, wow. And, yeah, That's and so like true. Melanie. I know, and Melanie Safka, and um, Jethro Tull, and just all of this music from an era that I wouldn't have ordinarily been exposed to. Um, So right about there, right at that age, like 13 or 14 or so, when kids go through like their second terrible twos, (laughs) starting to, yeah, like individuate and pull away in different ways. Like middle school. Yeah. Music is a huge
0: deal. That's when you start really taking music seriously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I started um, making music. Of my own um, around that time, and I played the guitar. I taught myself to play um, just from looking at. I had like the guitar chord poster, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, And so I, my grandmother got me a Tascam four track, and I started doing um, my own like cassette tape analog recordings, and it was just yeah. It was sort of like that was my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would go in my room. I, I used to say, I'm going to go stay with my friends. Oh my gosh, and true. then I would just like layer the tracks and harmonize in that way. So I just, and Joni Mitchell too. Oh, wow. Like, that's yeah, great. yeah, it was good. So I got a lot of sort of um, disparate, you know, influence musically. Oh, and then I was listening to, uh, in the, encyclopedia on on the computer um you yeah. know like in the old school big blocky computers and That's they had I like yeah they had an encyclopedia in the computer lab and encyclopedia yeah. program and you could go through and listen to the oh music of the world Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, I played
0: a um, uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, and oh yeah, was, like it was just a silly like finding yeah. the uh, bad guy thing. But each mm-hmm. they had USA, and then they had the world. But each state that you flew to had like mm-hmm. the local music, and I was like, and yeah. I still to this day hardcore remember those songs. Me they too. Were awesome. And then the world. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if I actually played the world one, but I know they had that. Um, yeah, I did. It was just so, music is so powerful. It's one of the, to me, when I realize when I'm older, it's one of the most, like, you just don't forget music. I'll randomly start Mm -hmm. singing a song, and I'm like, what is that from? And then I figured it out. Mm -hmm. This is such a random side story, but it's still related because it's music. Hey, Uh, when I was Mm -hmm. in middle school, we were part of, or I was in a a chorus, and it was an awesome group of people. We were, like, hooligans. It was so much fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Our school got chosen to uh sing and dance for the opening ceremonies of the Paralympics. So we took like a bus mm. down to Atlanta and did that. I just broke out. I was like, come on, everyone, let's have some. And I was like, what the fuck is that from? And then I just, it came to me and I was like, oh, now that YouTube exists, maybe the opening ceremonies is on there. Cause I, we did that and I never got to like see it because no DVR and I don't even know if that was televised locally. Anyway, I found it and I like rolled on the floor screaming cause they showed the, you know, it was the whole opening ceremony, but yeah. I, you I, found I, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. basically it's just like, there's a lot of song in school or with like learning a squared minus b squared all oh it's just this like mathematical thing that mm-hmm. of course i can't remember that whole one but music is so powerful to trigger memory it's like smells mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know what's going with that basically that's yeah like, yeah
1: Mhm. yeah i i totally understand yeah that's awesome well, mm-hmm So are you still, you're
0: still doing music though, obviously. I mean, you wrote that chant. Was that, or Mm -hmm. have you been doing music since your youth or did you kind of break away from it and then get back into it?
1: I actually, well, that's a good segue. I -hmm. started playing music when I was about 13. I was playing and writing songs. And then I um, started playing gigs at 14. I would go to coffee shops, you know, I'd have to get someone to drive me there. So much confidence. Jeez. I was really scared at first. It was really, it was so scary. I was Mm -hmm. just trembling.
0: Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really putting this about there. It's, uh, I think, a total vulnerable moment, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It felt really vulnerable. And then I, um, I kept doing it, you know, just, I would play at coffee shops at first when I was younger. And then when I became, um, like around 15, 16, 17, I started playing at places that served alcohol and whatever. And, um, at first I just played for tips. And I remember the first gig I ever played at, um, the Connor house coffee shop in Dahlonega, Georgia. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I, it was like, I made $42 on a Tuesday afternoon. Wow, and it, wow. to me, it just felt like such riches. Oh, I nice. couldn't believe yeah. my luck. Yeah. I was just a kid. And so I went to the, there was like a little jewelry shop mm-hmm. and I bought myself um a little ring just to keep forever. And I lost it. Of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's I so did. Many. God. Yeah, heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Just, yeah. But yeah, it just, it felt so good to have something that I could do and then go, um, you know, earn money and then people would be really friendly and talk to me and ask me questions about myself and felt really good to have that. Mm. Um, And so I just kept on seeking it out. And then eventually um, I had my first child when I was 19 um, and that was a good way to, make money in a short period of time Mm. that I could get like a girlfriend to look after my daughter for me at home for a couple of hours and go out late at night when she was in bed Mm -hmm. and play the blues and in and around Atlanta. Um, Yeah, that was, it was, you know, it's sort of bittersweet thinking back to those Mm -hmm. times when I had to really hoof it. (laughs) to earn, you know, like the electric bill. And um and there were many uh instances where I found myself quite uncomfortable um and scared because I was just a young woman on my own. Were you single out there? hmm Yeah, it was yeah, it was really it was a lot harder once um once it wasn't just all for fun, you know, and just discretionary income in and above the support that my parents automatically rendered to me. I am. Yeah, it was tough. Um, And so I guess right now I have I still play music and sing all the time and um, record songs. Uh, But I, well, of course, with COVID and whatnot, I I don't really go out much at all. But I don't, um, I don't miss those days of being like, all gussied up and sitting there with my guitar and singing like, this song with all my heart and then having some drunk spunion yell out hey do you shave your kitty <laughs> <God>. you know it's <laughs> just like that's not that's not good it didn't no, feel good to fun. have yeah to like, and plus it was frightening too if you go out late at night of course um, yeah and then like that walk back to the car holding your materials oh like God. the amps and mic stands and the big guitar instrument cases and you just feel so fucking vulnerable going you know I can just I there are countless times I remember feeling so uncomfortable or like men just approaching me on the street and accosting me and in like insisting that I talk to them and I would just turn right back around and go inside the venue and ask um someone I knew usually a dude because like let's face it, the men tend to leave you alone more if you're walking with another man. Yeah. Um, so I'd have someone escort me out to my car and stuff. And that was terrifying. You learn a lot about. Yeah, I had to learn really quick. I had to learn really quick how to um, be careful and yeah. uh, be ready, you know, just carry a knife, be ready to whip out your knife and yeah. Learn how to cut someone if you have to. <laughs> like,
0: no, I mean, it's...
1: It's not it like crazy.
0: It's just yeah. like a way of life for women. Maybe just yeah. whatever. Taking self-defense classes. It mm-hmm. is a reality. Um, right. Uh, I know you want to talk about, you know, patriarchy and mm-hmm. your... I don't even know your experience or... I don't know if that was a good segue or not, but I'm just like, let's
1: get into patriarchy. Let's do it. Let's, <laughs> do it. let's talk about it. I... um. I am just really, I think you and I have this in common. I'm very new to the, um, the concepts presented by radical feminism mm. in terms of um, looking at women as a sex class and placing our class in history um, and looking at what's happening now and how you know patriarchy has evolved over the last 10,000 years. Um, and the impact that patriarchy has every day, because it's sort of like the fish doesn't notice the water that she swims in. Um, I feel like for me, yeah, I don't know where I heard that, but um, I feel like being immersed as a woman in patriarchy, and they're not teaching about patriarchy in the public schools. They do mention the founding fathers, or excuse me, the founding non-birthing parents. Uh, (laughs) That was a joke. I know, I know.
0: I thought so. And I was like, I was like waiting for the laugh. (laughs) It sounded genuine. Your, oh, excuse me thing. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want
1: to laugh at her. She's serious. No, no,
0: I'm not serious. I'm just, I don't know if you're going funny. So I'm like, eh.
1: Yeah, They don't sorry, teach anything uh, in
0: school. Don't, don't apologize, please. They don't teach anything mm-hmm. of value. I mean, yeah, like how to balance your checkbook, how to do money, mm-hmm. how to save money. I mean, not just all money, obviously, but how to treat other humans, realizing yeah. the differences between the sex I don't know. Like, it's just you know how yeah. to be in a marriage how to have a kid mm-hmm. whatever like all that shit no one teaches you you literally just right. jump right in to all that yeah. stuff and be like i don't know i mean what do you, i mean i guess thank goodness in a sense that people have the internet now you look that up but even that's been i think the fall of humanity like straight up mm-hmm. um the internet's terrible i mean of all the, it's good stuff is, on yeah, the internet, it's i'm really... like i don't think we should we would have been better without it 100 mm-hmm. percent That's what I think. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the only good thing about it for me is that it has allowed me to um, like indulge my curiosity. And I, you know, I like to learn, I read and read and read. Um, And I think it was because of the internet that I was able to start really piecing together exactly why it hurt. Just, Mm -hmm. it just hurt so bad. And I'll tell you why it hurt. Um, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll lead up to it. Like I, like I said, I grew up in a lower-income neighborhood with a single mother, and I feel like for women, the trauma is generational. Obviously, oh you know, and they and we hear about female socialization, and that's not something that just happens to just you automatically as a woman, like a young girl, and then you grow up. There's this long line of women of generations and generations of mothers before us who um, had to comport with the with the oppressed oppression of gender performance, who had to mm, perform yeah. femininity in order to get along and not be, um, well, basically attacked. Because women in patriarchy, if we fail and I, that's fail to perform femininity, then we're punished. We're e- some women are even killed or physically attacked and assaulted. Or verbally and emotionally abused for failing to submit or to signal our submission, and um, so this is just a long, a deeply entrenched generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to say too that patriarchy is not just a um, like a concept of leadership where the men are making the rules. Patriarchy is effectually um, a war. On women and girls. It's a war on female people where we as a class are the underclass and men as a sex class are the overclass. And so I was a young girl growing up, um, you know, I had a lot of time to roam with my friends on the streets um, while my mother was working you know, because she had to work a nine to five and it was a struggle for her to make ends meet financially. I think she did remarkably well in that regard, considering, you know, the deck was stacked against her. She had like a high school education and um, I think she could type, but she was just attractive, you know, like you, like blonde and beautiful and so she could get herself good jobs yeah, life um, as there. a secretary of course you know yep. like yeah my um, like candy right yeah she would go and she had to spend so much time every day and I would sit there before school she would wake up at like five thirty in the morning and take a shower shave every surface you know make sure she was perfectly plucked and then After removing, she would then apply (laughs) and then, like, curl. She was, you know, like the classic. It uh, is, yeah. And I just remember, yeah, like seeing her, like, doing her makeup so meticulously and pulling her pantyhose on and toddling about in her high heel shoes with her tight little wool tweeds you know and i was just (laughs) that was
0: a great visual
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i and i yeah and i was like oh god my mother is so beautiful i just want to be just like her um i want you know and i never did actually (laughs) turn into just like her i was always like natural oh oh thank you well i and in a um in a way i well when i was a child i would because my mother was like my standard of, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just I admired her so much and I saw how beautiful she looked and she just dressed up and stuff. Now I see it differently, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now I think like how nice would it have been for my mother if she could, if she was a guitar player um, years ago and she had to sell her guitar to pay the rent one time, mm-hmm. um, which really fucking sucked because she was amazing at it. She was a classical guitarist. Um, but I think how nice would it have been for this this beautiful woman who is so sensitive and um, to be able to play the guitar and and be loved for who she is and not how well she comports with the eurocentric standards of femininity that are imposed on women and girls by patriarchy. Fuck. It would have been so much better, I know, I know. for well, my do. mother that's that's a
0: real authentic self you know yeah without having to add on all this stuff or Mm -hmm. change really your body i mean not Mm -hmm. obviously not permanent but still it's so Mm -hmm. tiring i used to do whole face makeup looks um i still do makeup Mm -hmm. obviously but my god it would take like all morning to really get it right or at least to Mm -hmm. my seniors i guess um compete with like the instagram looks which all of it's fucking edited anyway um um it was just so mm-hmm. time consuming and time suck and I, I I love makeup I do find it to be like I I totally get what you're saying but I do believe uh some people makeup's fun because your face is a canvas and you just get to play with it but it yeah. is incredibly time consuming and you know the whole shaving thing I've started to think about that lately I'm like god you know mm-hmm. I really want to ask well I really ask myself like why why are we shaving like if mm-hmm. it's naturally growing on mm-hmm. our bodies who told us that we have to remove it and that mm-hmm. to remove it and be hairless in random areas on the body is a, a better ho- hotter mm-hmm. or like more appealing to who like if I, if you're at an age yeah. where you're not trying to tr- like look attractive to anyone you just wear what you want because it's what you want why are we still mm-hmm. performing in this way we as in me mm-hmm. um i've been around some women you know recently where i'm like whoa she's beautiful and she doesn't shave her armpits and doesn't shave her legs and it's like that epitome of what i was all scared of about like feminists like hairy smelly angry butch women whatever i'm like this one's. i mean no one's no. smelly and harry has it nothing to do with like it's just so funny how all this shit is bred into me like harry is ew but i'm like it's so it's so dumb it's like it's, it's so, so
1: dumb
0: yeah anyway
1: yeah it's it's so dumb but you're not dumb you're just wonderful and lovely
0: oh thank you so, just, yeah I mean dumb as in like why is that mm-hmm. taught to us I don't know it's very I guess yeah. it's clear it's <laughs> someone's idea of what women should be mm-hmm.
1: a perfect building. that reminds yeah that that reminds me of when I was 17 years old I stopped shaving because I I decided um why would I want you know, my mother was a big proponent of um making sure that I looked my best, mm-hmm. as was my grandmother. Um and so when I stopped my shaving, daughter. my grand yeah, my grandmother <laughs> she said she called me. <laughs> she said that she heard that I had stopped shaving. And she said, I want you to know that I'm very disappointed in you. But I was like, what did you think when she said that? <laughs> oh i felt bad i was like please don't be disappointed in me i'm still me did she explain why Um, like
0: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i'll tell you exactly why um okay here's another grandmother's story good night my um this is my white grandmother which is how i refer to Mm. Mm -hmm. my white grandmother
0: Enjoying the show? Show your appreciation by supporting my work by becoming a patron on my Patreon. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash distorted lens and choose a tier. You can also leave a donation directly to my PayPal. Head over to my website, lindsayplatotionart.com, click on the distorted lens podcast link on the top header and click the PayPal button to show your support. Help me continue to bring you creative endeavors and truths each and every week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your continued support. Now back to the show.
1: And then I That's refer to name. my yeah, yeah. I refer to my Filipino grandmother as my Filipino grandmother. Um, oh, don't say. Wow. Makes sense yeah how <laughs> dare dairy makes sense. I'm offended. <laughs> so my um sorry, 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 sorry. Like my <laughs>
0: Just get all your stories out. Okay, we're good. All right, next, let's get on with it.
1: My um my white grandmother, she um I was thirteen years old. Okay, so my white grandmother, she told me. Speaking of patriarchy, she told me um, that she was a, an early bloomer, as they say, mm-hmm. um, and that, well, okay. So I'll go back to my story. I was thirteen years old, and I asked her um, if you had any advice, grandmother, to give to me, like words of wisdom that you really want to pass to me that I can take in and just take with me through life wherever I go because I really want to receive this from you which is like the question that I dream if I ever become a grandmother if my uh, granddaughter should ask me that I would just be like weeping I would be like oh my darling and then I would spill out all this like wisdom and stuff Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. grandmother she um like (laughs) she's got her little drink you know she likes fine crystal and scotch she's got a clink clink and then she's like marry a rich man
0: (laughs) I was just like I thought you were gonna say don't forget to shave (laughs) darling
1: (laughs) no and I believe that my grandmother knew um that if you perform femininity Mm -hmm. that is you know if you shrink your body um and you um Mm. like make your yeah more childlike you've got like nice bolted down skin and you know if you're thin and smooth and well and you know you pluck it sounds like it sounds like you're describing yeah. an alien straight up <laughs> yeah. yeah well and i mean this is this is much more likely to land you a um dominating masculine man the type of man who then mm. um mm. you know like that dominating man who mm. can win and have lots of money and hoard his wealth and he is looking for that nice looking status you know like with the nice little waist and the little big old boobs and you know just the whole thing right yeah yeah someone who matches his hoard of um of nice things of you know of stuff because women in patriarchy we are treated like we're stuff. Which is the actual essence of patriarchy itself. It's the Mm. commodification of the bodies and the labor and the reproductive role of female people, of women and girls. And so my grandmother is just a wonderful, colorful example of how we internalize the traumas of patriarchy, of um, thinking about ourselves as stuff, yep you know because when we're putting on our or not us, I mean I cannot speak for any other women, obviously, but just as a class, I'm thinking like people like my mother and my grandmother when they're putting on their masks of beauty you know and their clothing and their um trusses that get this lifted up and that squeezed in, and you know all of that so much effort um, it focus is on the
0: body and exterior uh,
1: mm-hmm. it is, but it is very much you are um. It's like uh, my grandmother told me that it was like you're advertising, you're advertising yourself and that you must, you must present, um, you know, a desirable, yeah, a desirable package. Yeah, so that's why I stopped shaving when I was like 17 years old because, or maybe 16. Yeah, I was 16. I was 16 because that was when I was going through my, I used to like to wear (laughs) t-shirts with like, animals on it so like wolf t-shirt phase I call that like I was always wearing picture of
0: wool Like half my yeah, clothing this yeah. is just me dressed up wearing not a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I just stopped cutting my hair and I stopped shaving um and just didn't you know I didn't do it. I didn't wear makeup and stuff and she was well, really what did you
0: see about it that you didn't like? Did you what what was your feeling of like was it rebellious? Was it like I don't want what my parents or your grandmother. And, and I think you said mother, like what, what about yeah. it? Was it like, that's not, I don't like that.
1: Yeah. I or, think I that. Thought of it. Yeah. yeah. I, it was, um, I thought it was, I think at the time I was responding to something that a lot of girls are still experiencing and mm-hmm. many women and girls experience long before me. This, um emotional awareness that i don't fucking want to be stuff like i'm just you know i don't want to be liked by men i don't want to be commodified you know and of course those were not conscious thoughts in my mind at that time i think i just thought like it's okay you know it's okay to have hairy armpits because yeah like if you don't like my hairy armpits and just kiss my hairy armpits and fuck off like <laughs> you know so I think it was like a reaction mm-hmm. it, very much so um and then I I just I kept up with that like I I still don't shave it's been so long since I've shaved that I really don't think about it anymore yeah, but yeah. I have um but I guess like I I guess the rare occasions that I appear, like, in public or whatever with my armpits out or whatever, <laughs> and people are, I can see, like, sometimes people are like, oh, you don't shave. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had this funny. one asshole tell me one time that it looked like there was a tarantula trying to crawl out of my fucking armpit. I'm like, and what? I was like, like,
0: look at you. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming you yeah, It's so stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah, he,
1: like, why does that make like you feel old. so
0: <laughs> insecure? What does my body have to do with you? Why is right. it ugh, yeah. silly?
1: I know. I know. And can you imagine him saying that to a man? No. No. Motherfucker wouldn't go up to some great big man with hairy armpits and say, oh, dude, your armpits look like tarantulas crawling out your armpits. No. He felt entitled to comment on my body on my body hair you're not supposed to look like that right i didn't tell you
0: you could do that even though i don't even know yeah. you. you don't even know me
1: here i am getting yeah.
0: authority Ugh. yeah ew god
1: yeah yeah he's a real asshole too i don't talk to him anymore would... oh god he but... knows personally <clears throat> yeah, first... yeah no, no it's personal. funny you're saying about
0: the body thing i kind of wanted to add my thing
1: even mm-hmm. though i'd love to hear
0: it to you but
1: yeah um, no, go ahead
0: when i was young I very quickly, like, I got, you know, boobs, and I was not mm-hmm. comfortable with them. Go figure. A lot of the trans youth, of course, like, I just, like, this whole trans thing is so devastating. Of course, women mm-hmm. and young girls would be like, I don't want to be a cis. Ugh. Like, I personally did not like the attention. Um, mm-hmm. I specifically, like, had my hair long, but I'd always have it in front of my breasts. Like, I, I it was like a sh- yeah. like a protective thing to have my mm-hmm. hair always in the front. Just to, and I'd always walk like this.
1: Mm. Like,
0: um, I wore sports bras like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did not like male attention. I think it's mm-hmm. fascinating that some young girls, and you know, girls and women, like really. I think a lot of that is sexual trauma. I've uh, recently mm-hmm. heard about that, and I had no idea that was a thing. Where some women can become, or I don't even know if it's maybe all. Um, I don't know the statistics. I have not researched it. But uh, women can become super hypersexual and like deviants mm-hmm. after they've been raped or sexually abused. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. how fascinating. So, uh, and I don't know what the reason is, but um, when I was reading that, someone said uh, it's a way to, I can't remember, to kind of like bury the original act or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that was a thing. And it made mm-hmm. me look at my life and I don't know. Not that I was a, I don't know. It's just crazy like you know daddy issues or whatever it is I just never understood it makes me terrified to see these like only fans women and shit like uh, it, it's weird because it's like women taking advantage of men and they think that like in the sense that like they know what men that men would just tumble mm-hmm. into that and give you money mm-hmm. and but they think that they think that they have like the upper hand like uh, mm-hmm. sex workers mm-hmm. work I'm like what um that you're not superior. You're you're selling your body. I know that there's better arguments about it, and I don't know why I'm tumbling into that. It's just, it just makes me really devastated. To, I'm like, and then some of the youth have no idea what they're doing, like dancing on Twitch or wearing scandalous stuff. They don't realize the, like... They haven't lived enough of their life to be because if they're just now wearing like anime japanese schoolgirl uniforms and dancing on twitch (laughs) they have no idea who that's appealing to they just know that it gets them attention and who the hell wouldn't Mm -hmm. want attention Uh, anyway Mm -hmm. that was just uh, a little tangent as usual welcome to my tangent
1: yeah yeah i um i see what you mean about how well just you have an early sense when you start to go through puberty as a girl. You have this early sense of men um, suddenly treating you it's like so
0: violated. Ugh, so yeah, gross. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always older men. It was not uh-huh. often yeah. teenagers like in your school. It's like this is so gross. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it's so mm-hmm. gross. Even though it may not be physical touching, it's just like catcalling and mm-hmm. just so gross. Ew. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like that guy with the tarantula armpit comment felt entitled not only to title this to... one tarantula armpit <laughs> no, <laughs> guy. tarantula armpit guy fuck off yeah title it that. um yeah he he felt entitled to like a whole lot had to lead up to that moment where he mm. walked up to me and commented on my appearance on my hygiene preferences or whatever the fuck you want to call it um a lot had to happen you know like the the background to that is that he was raised in a patriarchy that told him that his body hair, just natural hair was a-okay and wonderful and natural. And he didn't have to modify his body in any way. And that was okay, but he must expect women and girls to be very careful to never show any body hair other than the hair that's on our heads. We have this sense of not wanting that, of like, of make that stop. And so back mm-hmm. to my grandmother, my Fabulously, fabulous blonde grandmother. Um, She told me that she uh, was an early bloomer, that she developed her secondary sex characteristics very young. And um, as a result, well, this is how she presented it to me. She was um, very young, and she got a lot of attention from older men because she looked like she was 21, purportedly, when she was 12. And so she had her first child at, she got pregnant at the age of 15. Oh my God. Um, I know, I know, 15 years old. That was about the same age I was when I asked her for her words of wisdom to carry with me through my life. I never followed them, by the way, like the marry a rich man. Oh, um, yeah, Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, she, uh, she had taken... Oh, and then back tying that into what you were talking about, the way that you see women and girls on um, social media platforms or like monetized video platforms where they're um, stripping for men or performing various acts of fetish stuff for money so that the guys can whack off while they look at them. And um, they have this idea that they themselves have the upper hand and that they have almost weaponized feminine performance But the problem that I see with that analysis um, is that you, that the commodification of the female body and the commodification of women and girls, labor and work and sexuality, the policing of our sexuality, these things are. The basis of patriarchy, the basic framework of patriarchy that exists, and within that, within those male-centric structures, with a government that was made for males by males, white males, you know, um, and with uh, with laws that are made by legislation that where women are grossly underrepresented, and for the longest time were not at all represented, you know, so. These laws and this culture and the mores that go along with the patriarchal religions, you know, um, these are the frameworks of our culture. This is the structure, like inside the walls of my house, there's um, there are pieces of wood and there are, you know, bolts and nails. It's like the wood and the bolts and nails, the foundational structures of patriarchy are so deeply deeply rooted in the whole culture just everything from the nine to five workday day to um, to unpaid labor you know and who is wiping the baby bottoms and who you know who's doing all of the housework or most of the housework usually most of the housework even women who are you know, purportedly liberated in patriarchy and who work outside of the home, if you're partnered with a guy and you live together, then statistically, it's true that women are the ones doing much more of the unpaid care work and domestic labor that is the very most basic, necessary work of life, of maintaining life itself. Um, And so for someone within that framework, to use the fiat economy, which was made for men by men, um, and feel that by weaponizing or monetizing your performance of femininity, which is to me the same as um, performing submission to men, um, you cannot be empowered by that because even if you somehow manage to earn enough money to profit, Um, from selling your images or from um, allowing, you know, uh, ostensibly granting consent to John's, um, you're still going to have to exist as a female person within all that framework, immersed in all that hate. You're still in the goddamn trenches. In this war on women, you're there. And I feel like that idea, gosh, what an idea, you know? Gosh, what an idealistic way of of hopeful, wishful thinking of looking at, oh, I'm so beautiful and I'm going to weaponize that and I'm taking advantage and like, look, I'm rolling in money and oh yeah, it's great. Take but every day
0: man that made you think that that is uh, empowering, like it's right.
1: It's not fucking empowering. No, because if it were empowering, then the women who are engaged in sex work, the women are, are in prostitution, the prostituted women and girls, um, and I guess I'm going to include women who do cam work, and as well as women who are, you know, selling, who are trading sex for like uh, a shot of heroin or whatever. Yeah. Um, Sugar daddy. Cream? I. Um, yeah, I guess I I'm not up on all of the terminology. Oh, it's basically,
0: women that. Sleep with uh, really rich, usually white men, or just men in general, where they get like fancy cars and apartments and whatever. They just do. It's just mm-hmm. like another form of prostitution. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I have so mm-hmm. much money, come and get it.
1: <laughs> I just, I feel like, yeah, that um, each day, you know, in this patriarchy, we're evaluated constantly. Our physical bodies are either sexualized or or. Invisible, you know, and we're evaluated for our um, appearance. And each day we get another day older, and every day older that we age, that's one day less fuckable we are. You know what I mean? That's one day less valuable we are. And and these are not obviously these are not my values, um, but these are the values that were implanted in my mind by my patriarchy. You know, by the patriarchy and my female socialization. You know, to just. Hollywood. Constantly, if like yeah. Years,
0: if you're like 35, kiss your acting career goodbye. If you're 35, mm-hmm. you're playing like a grandmother. Like it's insane, mm-hmm. and I think it's gotten even worse. There used to be, there is a great uh, documentary about that, and I cannot find it for some reason. It's about some like it was like three or four like really famous women in Hollywood that were talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, just. The age and how much it starts dwindling. Just dealing, I think it was also mm-hmm. dealing with being a woman in Hollywood. Dear God, mm-hmm. any sort of entertainment industry for really anyone is dog shit. It's mm-hmm. terrible. You're just mm-hmm. used entirely as a uh, a unit. um So I mean, the whole age thing is is so hilarious. I really think that that has changed over time. Like old uh, women, mm-hmm. you know, you watch like I don't know, um, Twilight Zone or something, and women. I'm like, whoa, she looks old. And look it up and she's like 36. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. it's so twisted. Like, mm-hmm. the it's just, people don't think about this stuff. Mm-hmm. When you look at movies now, it's just, it's like subtle brainwashing, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, and it's getting worse. Yeah. Like all these yeah. women are going to like uh, plastic surgery places, doing, doing mm-hmm. some crazy dramatic mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. body alterations where the husband doesn't even know it because they're rich. And I'm, I'm just like, look at mm-hmm. how it just... Once, once you start realizing, you're like, "Oh, what patriarchy? I've heard of that before." Because uh, mm-hmm. I used to think it was like a thing that was in the 50s, and that ah. feminists in the 60s or 70s like overcame or something,
1: mm-hmm. right? Um,
0: and then I started realizing, I'm like, "Oh, you just start to realize how much in culture, cartoons, everything, like you were saying, the walls around mm-hmm. you, your mm-hmm. your entire existence is." Like patriarchal, it's and nobody mm-hmm. realizes it, it's really devastating to look into that. Yeah. And I always say, I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason why I didn't want to become a feminist. I think subconsciously, I knew it would be a nightmare and it would be mm-hmm. horrible to like, look yeah, at you're gonna it. get just, punished. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just knew it's it was horrible. gonna be fun, yeah. but uh, you know, it is it's devastating. Um, I, there yeah. was like a good phrase, Ignorance is bliss, but. Uh, knowledge It's not, is, it's not bliss. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm trying to think of a, yes. I know. I'm trying to create yeah. a phrase over but I'm like, knowledge is freedom? I don't know. Yeah. It just makes you a better... I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, uh... It's kind of hard not to look at some stuff um, with that lens on of being like, oh, mm-hmm. the white man wrote that into a cartoon, because it's like, I want to be able to still laugh at stuff um, and mm-hmm. not take everything so seriously and be that woman that can't have fun and watch something that mm-hmm. was a jab at women. But Mm -hmm. it is also still a process for me to go through and, you know, I don't know. I guess I should should stop feeling bad about that just because who wouldn't, like, start seeing life in a totally different way? At least for me, I totally see it in Mm an interesting new lens. And it's unfortunate because how many, I feel like only people that get to see this or really start um, looking at life in that lens are the women that have been raped, abused, and become feminists. I I feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of the feminists, either you were raised like that um like your mother was a feminist or your grandmother or whatnot i mean i've seen a it seems to be at least in my experience that getting raped or um abused is what made me be like fuck this shit and it just kind of happened and i I started talking to a lot of other women and it's just like what woman has not been physically assaulted or raped Mm -hmm. it's so insanely common um Mm -hmm. it's insane like you Mm -hmm. know raise your hand if you've been inappropriately touched or whatever like every
1: woman raises their hand yeah every woman yeah and that sort of i like the way you said that it is insane and um and i i remember just when i was in my teen years i just felt like oh my god i'm going crazy um you know and i can you bring me back to going crazy because i wanted to say one more thing about yep. sex work to you yep. just to um close that little bit. Mm-hmm. I um, I wanted to say there's this rhetoric going around that, that, um, sex work, you know, or being prostituted or prostituting yourself is empowering. And to me, I just feel like, like I was, I was going to say, you know, the more experienced you become at, you know, the services provided when you're prostituted, um, the less valuable your work is because men don't want a woman who has wrinkles or cellulite like men are after little young girls the younger the better they will pay a premium for a girl who looks like a child um and that to me what in the fuck is empowering about having a job that the better you are at it and the more ex Experience you get the less valuable your work will be until ultimately you will be discarded and women in prostitution oh yeah, oh yeah. are the women who are most likely to be murdered by men to be murdered by their johns it is not safe um, and the legalization of prostitution will not empower women and it will not make women safer um i've learned about that by looking at um, the Nordic model. And there's a great website that's really comprehensive called the Nordic or uh, it's Nordic model. Now, um, mm-hmm. I think.org. So yeah, check that out and just read through. It is so eye opening. And also women who speak against prostitution are often said to be um, sex worker, exclusionary feminists. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have myself been impacted by the sex trade, okay? And that's all I'm gonna say, but I am not excluding women and girls. I want to punish the men who by dint of the patriarchy that supports their dominion feel entitled and empowered to exploit women and girls' bodies physically by by basically raping women and girls with the ostensible consent for a nominal fee because they happen to have the money in their pockets while the woman does not. And I believe that nothing happens in a vacuum. There's a reason why the woman does not, and he does. And that reason is not her fault. And I do not blame women like my grandmother who have internalized the values of patriarchy and who using whatever tools they may have available to them go hard into femininity and just try to marry a rich man. Like that is not my cup of tea and those are not my values, but I can understand and accept that some women are so deeply traumatized by just being told all their lives that you're a thing, your stuff, your body is a commodity now show it to advantage and Look see if away. you can. Yeah. That's right. Get the protection of one male so that you don't have to service many males, you know? Like it's mm. understandable and I don't um I don't want anyone wow. who's watching this who is um who has been impacted by sex work or who performs femininity or who like me is married to a man or, you know, to feel like feminism isn't going to open her arms and and want you to because we need everyone in this fight because it's a war and we all have war wounds we all have them and we're sisters and we must create a culture of resistance and resist in every way that we can muster by coming together as a political sex class and that includes women in sex work or women in prostitution that includes women who are stay-at-home moms, women who are lesbian, who are separatists, you know, all of us, we're all sisters, we're all women and we've all got to band together and fight this shit. And speaking of empowerment, just one last thing on, um, you know, sex work and empowerment. I hate using that term, but when I say that term, I, I don't mean to legitimize men using female bodies. I just am referring to the practice of prostitution. Yeah, and the language they're
0: <laughs> using currently. You know, I think I think it is good to use the language they're trying to use, and then but it, it's important because you're reframing it and into what it really is. So I think while because I I find that hard to do where I don't try to I try not to use like any trans language, but then I'm like I kind of need to let people know this language made up crap to describe it. It's like a really difficult thing for me to juggle where I'm like, I need to say it so you understand what I'm talking about, but I don't want to say it because it perpetuates their ideology and their religion. Right. Exactly. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, that's exactly where I was coming from. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but one more thing I was going to say about that is that where's the power, where is power? Just look at the world around us. The power is in the hands of, uh, the rich, um the power is in the hands of men who are empowered to just be their natural selves and um who make uh like 25 on average in this rich country more dollars for the same job done
0: what men are the men that do their hair right and wear the awesome Mm -hmm. suits they're usually like overweight Mm -hmm. and frumpy (laughs) they don't need to do any performative shit because they carry all the money
1: I just, right was they have thing. the power <laughs> that's right they've got the power they um you know money is i think basically just a a way of um of moving power around it you know and withholding power as well mm-hmm. but if you look at who has power you know just in the hierarchy that we live in the social strata the hierarchy of patriarchy and where we are right now culturally speaking who has the power okay let's just take a uh, let's say that senators and Supreme Court judges and um, the president, that these are people who are primarily, you know, there are a lot of men in power. Um, they have power. Well, to empower means that you're given power then, right? That you're going to get some power. So if, if sex work is empowering to you, then where are all of the prostituted women who are senators? Where are they? Where where are the prostituted women who are, um, you know, working in the court system, making the laws, sculpting the laws to help support their sisters? Where? Where are they? They're not. Because prostitution is a construct of patriarchy. God, I could go on and on. Oh, um,
0: and also I've heard, you know... If it's so empowering, why wouldn't any men do this OnlyFans stuff? Like, it's just such a joke. It's, like, right. it's laughable. If it's, if anyone, yeah. if it's like, oh, I can be empowered if I was a man. Like, mm-hmm. men know, because men know that's not true. It's just, and it's, mm-hmm. it's very clear that, like, AOC was like, sex work is work. I'm like, oh, you're mm-hmm. a woman. And just, Who told her that? Who told her to say that? Money and mm-hmm. men, like, straight up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, obviously, sex work is work. It's horrifying work. It's great really angry. horrible to have like a disgusting John oh. breathing his filthy halitosis face on your face, you know, just like it's horrible work.
0: You're not a human. You're you're work. totally objectifying. Right. It's disgusting. Right. It's not Yeah. It's, it's, it's you're right. You're being. You're a like, human, how yeah. the fuck is that empowering? You're right. a lot. you're being reliant on someone a man who has money. Mm-hmm. How is mm-hmm. that because I always envisioned empowering was I can do it myself um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm like that's you relying on the man with the money Mm -hmm. like right how is that yeah what it just breaks my brain uh you said that you uh you said you wanted to circle back to going crazy and you're talking about going crazy in high school stuff or something Uh
1: uh-huh yeah crazy you know women are just told all the time oh she's crazy what a crazy bitch she's just you know she's hysterical logical really Uh uh-huh because that's what i'm thinking i remember just when i started to Think more deeply about what was going on in the world around me that world I lived in and what was happening to the women I knew you know and what had already happened to me by that point at the hands of the men I knew um I began to go crazy but really what could be more sane than responding to years and years of abuse of basically living in a goddamn war zone um then getting depressed, then feeling anxious, feeling crazy, because you can look around and everybody's, you know, they're pushing their carts and picking out which bread they like. And it seems, it seems pretty cool. Like everything's okay. And then inside you just have this feeling like you just want to scream. You don't want to get up and and have to do uh, an instant replay of the day before of drudgery and that you just feel this feeling inside, like why, the fuck, does it hurt so bad? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. for so many years, I believed that I was hurting so bad because there was something inadequate about who I was inside, that I was a an inadequate woman that I couldn't do it. There was something broken, um, something wrong about who I was, and I was deeply ashamed of it. And then, I began to learn about the plight of women and girls as a class. I began to identify into my class, my sex class of women and girls, of female people. And I started to realize I wasn't going crazy. I was breaking sane. (laughs) I was responding in a very logical, understandable way to a situation that was fucking intolerable for me and for so many of us. We struggle so hard against this pain we use our own strength against ourselves telling ourselves oh we just need to try harder and do more self-care or we need to um you know eat raw food and jog and like uh, meditate or whatever it's not that it's not that there's something wrong with how we're acting i mean i guess sometimes it could be but it's that we are constantly being inundated with messages of objectification and misogyny, of hatred of women. And as a woman, you are gonna feel that shit and you're gonna deal with it in the best way that you know how, using the only tools that are made available to you, which by the way, is not something that men, that male people are going to have to deal with. They're not, you know, I asked my husband, have you, how do you feel walking across a parking lot? And he's like, oh, you know, it's, I look around, I'm thinking like, oh, it's a nice sunny day. And I, where'd I park again? Beep, beep, you know, like looking for my car. And I'm like, you know what I think walking across a fucking parking lot? I think, um, I am going to have to make sure that there's nobody hiding in my back seat to rape me and slit my throat. And I'm thinking, like, I want to make sure that I hurry up and get the baby strapped into her car seat as fast as possible, um, so that I can get in the car quickly and lock the doors. And you know, it's like you have to be on high alert. And I guess there are um, there are times, of course, where I can really like relax and feel good, but just sort of this immersion in terror. You know, I I had this statistic pulled up. Speaking of terrorism, uh, here it is. It says six women are killed every hour by men around the world. And these are primarily men who are their romantic partners or members of their family. So this is terrorism in your house. You know, women and girls are being subjected to Abuse behind closed doors and there are so many of us that are being killed right now. Um, Just as we've talked, women have died while we've been talking here. And how is this not a terrorist attack on women as a sex class? You know what I mean? These are men doing these murders. These aren't women killing women. This is men killing women and men killing men. You know? So... I just think that if that many women um, were being murdered by, let's say, um, an airplane were being flown into a building full of women um, or women and men uh, once each year, you know, and we have all those thousands of deaths, then, oh, my God, the United States government, we'd be just all up in arms. We'd have people enlisting. We'd be wanting to go and fight that terrorist enemy. But because it's women, where, where, where are our heroes? Why can't we collect our wounded? Where are they? The war wounds of patriarchy are inside most of the time and outside much of the time. And I have a friend who um, was sexually abused. I'm not going to say her name, but the people who know me will know who I mean. And she was a beautiful, brilliant, passionate woman, um, creative and caring and wise and hilarious. Um, she loved animals and babies and she could cook the best tasting food. Um, but all the time, she carried with her, it was sort of like shrapnel. You know, if you're in a literal, actual war, in a battle, and you, Incur some heroic injury and you limp back. You know, she limped back and she grabbed me on her way. You know what I mean? Like on the battlefield of patriarchy, she grabbed me and she helped me to escape from my abuser with my baby, with my baby daughter. Um, She managed to do that even though she was carrying around her own wounds. She had been just really, really harmed from the age of nine to 14 and then traumatized afresh by. The happenings in the legal system and how they treated her and didn't believe what she'd been through because it was so fucking horrible and that man is alive and my girlfriend is dead and I believe she died of her war wounds she took her own life she couldn't take it anymore and I don't think that was cowardly at all I think that my friend was a hero and that we have to remember that women, we, we must try to understand each other and band together because unless we come together and lift each other up, take each other's hands and join against this terrorism on our kind, they won't stop. They're not going to stop it's getting worse and worse all of the horrors of pornography uh, of these... yeah, i was
0: about to launch into that if just... I was going to. i mean the whole yeah. i keep mentioning that but it's always relevant to these conversations um you know porn and the trends of that like anal was the cool thing and then i can't remember like deep throat and now it's choking like choking i mean there was a fucking tiktok i don't know what it was i hate even mentioning it but I don't remember what the hashtag whatever choking challenge and a 15-year-old girl died in Italy. This was like a couple months ago, like really recent. I mean, what the the stuff that's on TikTok, that shit should be outlawed. I mean, there is rampant BDSM, rampant highly sexual, you know, choking like it's fun thing. Um, and you know, there's so many kids on there, and like, God, the, the floodgates, the internet now, what I'm seeing is pedophiles and groomers and predators running amok i mean the gates are open Mm -hmm. i'm like it's not even Mm -hmm. a it's about to happen thing that shit is happening now Mm -hmm. um no it's a you know a miracle that i didn't have shit happen to me because i used to partake in the aol chat rooms Mm -hmm. um and you know god i i would like i was so young like i shamefully sexted with people like Making up scenarios, and they would Mm -hmm. send me their photo, and I was like, Whoa, this is so funny! Like, so ignorant. I didn't know. This is how they get you. Um, Mm -hmm. you're you don't know. They sent me a photo of like this guy with like an Abercrombie model, and I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, he's hot, you know, in my mind, Mm -hmm. like that's what he is. And then I could talk to another guy, or God knows what it was, and it was the same photo. And I was
1: like,
0: (gasps) I just yeah, and it made me realize, like, wait this is all not real the people i was like oh my god um it's so unfortunate and obviously terrible that young girls and women have to go through like abuse and boundary breaking Mm -hmm. um you know i'm just people i think don't think about enough of the uh mental like rape and abuse and Mm -hmm. shit online just because it isn't physical rape it's still like I mean, really traumatic. Um right. and God knows what that impact had on me. I don't know. It was just like, God, and that was back then. Um and I just know now that it's gotten obviously way worse. Oh, it's horrible. way worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um was listening um to a talk that Gail Dines did for the American um association of pediatrics, I think. I think you can find that talk on YouTube. Nice. But Gail Dines, I don't know if you're familiar with who she is or what her work is. She is a um, she's a professor of, gosh, I can't remember, sociology, maybe? Mm-hmm. Bolly. Sorry, Dr. Dines. <laughs> I can't remember what she's a professor of. I'm sure she's gonna watch work... this. She's
0: gonna be the first one that
1: watches this and goes, Oh, oh I, I know, it. I know. She's gonna be she's gonna hate my face, but um, uh, she is a a radical feminist who is an absolutely amazing voice for the liberation of women and girls from um, the horror of pornography, mm-hmm. which you know is basically the documenting of the suffering and exploitation of primarily women and girls, almost always for men to use as masturbation fodder. Um, and this is a huge billion dollar industry, multi-billion dollar industry, that make no mistake, you're clicking on free porn, but these are just the gateways. You're, you know, what you're looking at is the exploitation and suffering of women and girls, most often young women, younger the better, right? Mm-hmm. And so Gail Dines, I was listening to her talk um, that she was providing to the American Association of Pediatrics because she's approaching pornography as a public health disaster because it is. I mean, the effects that it's having on the children and women and men, particularly um, young girls and young women, it's absolutely devastating us. Um, So I think definitely, if you want to check out Gail Dine's work, she's got it down. And what she was saying is that she went to a prison and was interviewing a pathological, um, child rapist. Uh, And she was asking him questions about, you know, his process and what exactly was going through his mind. And he made the comment to her that, well, the culture did most of the work for me, the culture did the grooming for me. And so it seems to me that, like you said, you know, we, um, the impact of pornography, um, and then the way that porn has leaked into the popular culture of cinematography too. Mm, yeah. like You can't turn on any new cool looking movie on Netflix or a series or whatever without seeing porn and women getting strangled and shot in the tits. And, you know, just like, it's, it's like, what the fuck? People wake up, wake the fuck up. You're not looking at a fantasy when you're looking at porn. You're looking at a document. And the chances are, this woman or this girl is hurting, suffering, and is being demeaned. Her body is being mutilated by these men, and they're horrible. They're, they're just, like, just an giving her help.
0: Right. Point. You're not a person. Yeah. Even
1: yeah. No. And the average career in porn, I think, is, like, three months. Because you've got, you get, like, fistulas, you know, vaginal fistulas, where a, an story. actual yeah where a wound opens between your um rectum and your vagina and the vaginal wall is like ripped open you get prolapsed rectum sh- oh yeah that shit
0: is like a fetishy that's like a genre now like you've got the mutilation like- oh i'm not kidding like the mutilation of women's bodies like act you know abuse and rape that's like a whole yeah genre. right
1: <laughs> and and, and to think to think that men are looking at that no to mm-hmm. think that children that young boys because the average yes, young boy I I is know. looking so at weird. porn for his first time most 11 year old boys have seen it and they show to their think- friends
0: and they access mm-hmm. it on school computers i've heard of one story mm-hmm. it's not even i hate saying it as a story because it sounds like it's made up it's real of uh, mm-hmm. some parents found out that their kid was looking at porn on like a the mm-hmm. school lab computers and they told the school that <laughs> and the school's mm-hmm. response at Pretty sure it was a a male. Obviously, Obviously, anyway, they were like, uh, "Well, you know, that's not our responsibility. You need to make sure you watch what your kid is watching." Like, they didn't even do anything about it. It's like somehow it's on the parents to like make sure that they watch the. It was just so wildly Mm -hmm. like denying shit it's just what i see constantly Mm -hmm. is men protect men that are rapists and abusers Mm -hmm. it's really like they are fully aware Mm -hmm. and it's a whole underground society not even underground i mean once you figure it out it's oh no they don't have to go underground i know
1: they just like grab them by the pussy you know they're they're completely fine with being horrible to women and they you know they're even the language there it's like it's a conquest you want to you know, hear you're...
0: how, uh, here's come some revealing, embarrassing stuff that I was like, oh my God, just the shit that, however, I was raised in the South or whatever. Uh, when Trump said that, my, you know, the grabbing by the pussy thing, I literally was like, what? It's just bathroom boy talk. Because mm-hmm. I spent and so much is, of my time it is, on Reddit yeah. and Reddit, uh, mm-hmm. once I started like, uh, I guess, not transitioning, but embracing my femininity and being a woman and realizing how Mm. powerful that is and how much I think society doesn't want women to embrace that because they're going to be screwed if all women woke up and realized how much power Uh they have and we band together and they have Mm. on their own men would be fucking shaking in their pants like I mean I think it's very purposeful that they I think because I used to like I said I thought femininity or like um feminism was like ew i think that was so intentional of course that would be bred into women to be like it's nasty you don't want to discover that i'm like what Mm -hmm. a great uh brainwashing to have on women to be like you don't want to look at that don't even look at it it's bad it's Mm -hmm. smelly they're judgy Mm -hmm. it's incredible it's so eye-opening um, and devastating, obviously. It's I just realized how much I normalize and was like, well, that's just how men are. And I spent a lot of time on Reddit, mm-hmm. and my God, Reddit is obviously the most woman-hating place, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize it until I became a feminist. I mean, how crazy is that? I was on Reddit and for mm-hmm. years and did shit. I don't know, whatever. I'm not gonna get into that now, but it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. You start looking at just the... Reddit uh forward slash R forward slash memes, um, it's just so much woman hatred and then the, yeah. the little boys laugh at it and it's really fucking right. disturbing it's like every four mm-hmm. meme is like a joke about women and Karen's, right. which Karen's uh-huh. are just the logical yeah. women being like, I want some right. fucking answers. It's the women they're mm-hmm. like, Fuck no. I want to see your manager. Mm -hmm. You fucking suck. This is an incompetent place. Look, notice how the blame is always on the women for sticking Mm -hmm. out for themselves. Oh, pitiful, annoying women. Mm -hmm. Be quiet. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Yeah, it's like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like emotional abuse on a mass scale. You know, like in a romantic partnership with an emotionally abusive man, um, he will treat you like crap and, you know, just make you feel like you're worthless and he'll insult you and undermine your success and undermine your skills. And then when you start crying and you say, what the fuck, fucking stop this. He's like, Oh, wow. Look at that. You're just crazy. So it's like blaming the victim for our response to abuse. That's classic gaslighting, oh, classic yeah. abuse tactics. And so, you know, the trick is to, Um, Stay true to that inner knowledge that you have. Just our feelings aren't lying. It is abuse, you know? Like, of course, grab them by the pussy is common everyday jot talk as they like spun it afterward. And that makes it okay how? It's even less okay that it's considered okay. You know what I mean? It's even worse that it's considered just so normalized that a woman's body, that a woman, because a woman is her body. You know mm-hmm. that a woman is someone who we can't uses. identify out of this right, yeah, and a woman is just someone you can possess or grab or consume. Uh, yep. it's it's really horrifying mm-hmm. to be a woman right now and to know, you know, oh God, and then walking through the market sometimes, I just see these men, and I'm like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wonder if he was licking at porn. He just, because most of them are, you know, they're out there. They think it's just, oh, just a harmless fantasy. God. And that reminds reminds
0: me. I mean, I've talked to so many women lately that have had porn ruin their, uh, relationships or their families Mm -hmm. and it ruined my Mm -hmm. family and didn't know what it was that time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish
0: I didn't know that, but here we are. Yeah. It's crazy. That's way more crazy than I think that people realize. It's just obviously something that's very, who talks about that it's 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 embarrassing if you're the woman that's in a relationship and just had that happen mm-hmm. it's embarrassing to be the man and admit that um plus like what is there to admit if you're a man and you think that watching porn is okay it's like what do you right. mean isn't it okay like i mean i'm just yeah. imagining that's what they think
1: right yeah well i i'm a, uh like i'm a mom you know so i've been in the mom scene <laughs> for a long time and i have a couple of groups that i'm in That are um, like social media groups where uh, that are just for moms. And every other, every other post is like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel so overwhelmed. I'm so alone. I feel like I just wanna die. This is so hard. I didn't know it was gonna be like this. You know, just women who are especially stay home moms who are Mm -hmm. trapped financially trapped in their that situation so common mm-hmm. and they don't know what's happening. They don't know why it hurts. And then there are also tons of posts in mothering groups. Like, um, should I be upset? Like, I feel really betrayed that he's looking at porn, but I don't know how to feel. And that's just it right there. You mentioned the shame it, that women feel when they are, um, impacted by a a man that they're romantically involved with who has a porn addiction or who is using porn at all mm-hmm. and they they feel ashamed that they somehow and i think that that's female socialization right there that we are the receptacles of shame <laughs> that we women are the ones who should feel ashamed of ourselves when it's him who is masturbating to documentation of women and girls being we're not on website
0: uh that we're not the one doing it's just yeah I it's
1: him It's his shame. The shame belongs on him. There's nothing wrong with your body. You don't have to look like a young 17-year-old girl with, you know, piercings or whatever, like porn ready or what have you. But that is just a, yeah, that's a very pornified um, standard that, and it's pedophilic too, if you ask me, because adult human females have fat cells you know the war on the female fat cell is just so ubiquitous like we are not little thin reed like silks you know what i'm saying like we are real mature women and that is beautiful that's okay um furthermore it's okay not to be beautiful you know Fuck beautiful Um, (laughs) but so god there's something else i wanted to say too like oh yeah his shame we are the receptacles of shame. You know, there are words in our culture for, um, uh, for horror and slut mm-hmm. and slag. You know, and this means a woman who has, who has sullied herself by having sex, right? Um, and there is no correspondent word for a man um, that has the same just like really derogatory, perjurative tone and nuance. There's no such word for a man. You know like a father for example could go out and um purchase a prostitute for his son as a coming of age gift oh man love my dad what a great guy but then you know we we revile we socially malign women in prostitution because they are the receptacles of the john's shame because they're female we are socialized to take it on our shoulders and eat it as though it were our own fucking shame. And I see no reason to continue to do that. Is you know, as far as as I go, when I began to realize that I have a class, I belong to a, a kind, my women are my kind. And we are all in this together. We're women all in the this shit team. together. We are. We're all on the same team. And that's female people, not men, not male people. Not males who think that they're women and not males who dress up in, you know, and perform femininity. Those are men and they are welcome to perform their femininity if they like, Mm -hmm. but they're not my kind. They're not sisters. They're not my sisters. They can ally themselves with the cause of liberation for women and girls as a sex class. And I welcome that. I welcome male allies, but no, you're not one of us. Stop. Just no, just no. you cannot never know, never, no, know, never. no, no, no. You cannot know what it is like to grow up and survive no, being no. a girl no. in this culture and become an actual woman and being a woman. Woman is not an idea that a man has in his mind. A, a woman isn't a performance. A woman isn't a set of body parts. No, it's not We're a not- feeling.
0: It's not a feeling. No. I don't wake no. up and go, all right, remember you feel like a woman you must keep remembering it there's no no mantras there's no i you know i could take up all my makeup and put on a (laughs) t-shirt i'm still a woman i don't have to technically do any of this um it's so stupid it's a lie if anyone's telling you that it's a fucking lie no one's born (laughs) in the wrong body it's the body that you were literally born in that's just it whatever body you have
1: right Mm -hmm. even further you're not born into a body you are your body you are yeah yourself you're you know like when a woman is raped nobody says oh my god her vagina was just raped but she's cool we're going out to lunch in a minute like nobody says oh that guy's penis just raped a woman a woman's vagina but you know the police are looking for his penis now like no there's no separation of self from your body you know think about this you're you're born you're a baby um, you're born to a woman, by the way. Yeah, and yeah. your brain is very Always a woman, only a woman. Exactly. Female. Your brain is very, even if it's a woman who says, oh, I'm a man or I'm non-binary and look at me, I'm pregnant. Like, okay, thank you, sister. You know, I understand you're doing what you do. You're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the baby's born and babies have a very plastic. And I don't mean like plastic as in a material, but I mean plastic like a, a malleable, Mm -hmm. moldable brain. Like your actual physical brain connects different synopses as you learn. Mm -hmm. And when your five senses are stimulated in your infancy, those synopses begin to build. And the same synopses that are stimulated over and over again grow thicker and stronger. And that is called learning. There is a scientific basis, a replicable, observable basis for this concept of brain growth and brain development. So when your brain grows and you develop as as a result of the uh, your genetics, you know, you're you're born um with perhaps a genetic propensity to the obesity or um being tall or you know whatever. I'm wanting to argue all the time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Hello. <laughs> no, not you. I was thinking <laughs> my husband actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh. But, and then your, your environment is, is giving you even more stimulus. And so you become, you you, you develop a personality and that personality is developed because of the stimulus that is taken into the body. But, you know, the five senses are bodily and the brain is part, is a, is an organ in the body. You are not a personality that is separate from your body. You are your body yep, yep. and the idea that we are that there's this dualism that you have a self that is like a an ephemeral spirit and then you have a just a meat suit that the spirit is in and there are some girl spirits and there are some um fae gender spirits you know, and that these are implanted by some deity or by some twist of the wind, or what I don't know what the fuck. Right, know. it is a philosophical, um, almost a religious. Oh,
0: it is proposition. It is. It is. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and I believe we are free. Thank goodness, there are a lot of places where people aren't to have to cherish our traditions, to have our religious beliefs, our spirituality. It is a very personal and wonderful you know la 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 all of those qualifiers fine do your thing but no no i'm not going to do it too i don't believe in genderism i just don't i believe in um science and i believe that women as a sex class in patriarchy for the last 10,000 years have been stepped on our unpaid labor our reproductive work our agricultural labor our domestic work are free subsidies for the men to live lives of greater um, discretionary time, freedom, freedom from drudgery, and empowerment, okay? So yeah, no, I don't believe that you can identify out of being um, a female in patriarchy. Um, And I don't think that that's, oh, what's the word, transphobic? Like, fuck that! If I go up to, um, let's see, I'm having tea with a Catholic nun and she tells me that I ought to come to the services and participate in transubstantiation and eat the body and uh, drink the blood of Christ. And I say, oh, is that figurative? And she says, no, my child, that's literal. When you enter into the church and you consume the wine and the bread, that is not wine and bread. That's the body of Christ, literally. And I'm like, oh right on okay well i'll check my calendar and let you know you know and i don't happen to agree with her that that's literally the body of jesus christ i am not theophobic i'm just not agreeing with her about her philosophy And that's not to say that her philosophy is wrong, but it certainly isn't something that should be enshrined in law and imposed on women and girls. You can't
0: even um, define it. Like, what the fuck is it? It's so so ridiculous. It's so stupid. Oh my god. It's so predatory and like, literally they're preying on the vulnerable youth. It's really um, devastating and it's shocking and it's one of those things where I'm like, God, I wish I didn't know. But then I'm like, I do know. And, you know, here I am. I'm doing something about it. I'm doing what I can about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it is terrifying. We are the outliers or the rebellious people right. speaking the reality truth. And all this stuff that they want to believe. Like, okay, you're a fairy. Okay, put on your wings. How do you <laughs> right, that's that's fine. fine. But, like, yeah. reality is going to show you its cards and show you its true colors mm-hmm. in many mm-hmm. situations. So... As much as you want to think these things, it's just so, it's so sad because I mean, there's so much cover up with all this stuff with all the doctors and um, therapists, they Mm -hmm. are blatantly lying about everything. Uh They only give them the one option, which is, you know, the affirmative Uh and uh, no other option. I've heard someone explain it or, um describe it or compare it to like well can you imagine having cancer or something and they only or whatever it is and they only give you one option like where have you ever heard of that that's crazy and -hmm. it's a medical pathway a a physical Mm -hmm. like you're it's just why would you not it's very all of it's so intentional why would you not Mm -hmm. go to the Mm -hmm. figuring out like did you have childhood trauma like really Mm -hmm. really dissecting all that because i've heard time and again it's childhood like um sexual Mm -hmm. abuse Mm -hmm. or you know, I I don't know. God, it's so awful. Yeah. And trans it's and awful. homosexual people. It's mm-hmm. so common. I've heard the, you know, lesbian community has taken a huge, um, I don't want to use the word beating. that's a terrible term to use, but just a huge, they've had, a, it really been impacted awfully. Like, you know, lesbians in their 50s are turning trans. Like, it's just, I think it's so yeah. sad. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it is really sad. It is sad. And I, um, I just think, you know, that there's a, the term trans to me, it's overly broad. It is, um, very vague and overly broad when you have, for example, a 15 year old girl who like me and you, Lindsay, um, started to realize like, oh shit, like, this is not okay. I don't want this. No, no, I don't want to be in this. And they think that being in this is there's it's being in the body. No, there's nothing wrong with her body. There's something wrong with patriarchy. There's something wrong with being victimized again and again and again by the oppressive gender norms of patriarchy that are imposed on women and girls. Um, That's what's wrong. But she doesn't know it. She's handed an answer. And the answer is you're trans. remember if you think you are you
0: are are. oh oh my god yeah 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 yeah. and so
1: so this young girl after ten thousand years of patriarchy and the generational abuse and the war on women and all the shit that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. she is she's taking it in she's on the internet and learning about what it means to be trans. And she's like, I feel like that. I feel like that. I feel like I don't want to be in this body. I feel like I hate my body. I feel like I don't want to be a woman. I feel like I'm a man. That's it. That's the answer. Yep, yep. And then she gets the affirmation model from the parents who are just so woke and the doctors who are just making money, you know, and afraid of losing their medical license if they're accused of transphobia, because oh, God, then, yeah. you know, if you don't do, if you don't affirm, you'll get canceled. Everybody's getting canceled. It's bullshit. But to say that trans is this girl, right, who is using whatever tools available to her Mm -hmm. to try to fight back, to try to escape from her suffering. And then a 54-year-old man who um, has grown children, whose wife took care of them all, all of his days, and he has a thriving career, and he's got a six-figure income. He's had it all. He has a PhD. You know, he um, is addicted to he's got he's he's got a sissy porn addiction you know he um likes diapers he wears diapers he makes his wife like changes diapers and stuff and it's humiliating for her she hates him and uh he decides one day that you know the reason why he's not satisfied isn't that he's a fucking pervert it's that he's a woman to say that this man living in ten thousand years of patriarchy with all the benefits of his maleness and this young girl this fifteen-year-old girl who wants more than anything to have men stop regarding her as female are the same. That's myopic. That's fucking lame. It's myopic. You know, you can't say that. That's that. Underneath this umbrella of oh, acceptance and love and, and compassion and be kind, I do not want to be kind to a man who is imposing himself into women's spaces and stealing
0: tampons and pads and wearing them and inserting them in his fucking asshole, like. Right, the, yeah, no. Yeah. Or grinding oh, up against yeah. another man, trans-identifying man in a bathroom with their penis mm-hmm. out. Like I've heard so many stories like uh-huh. this doesn't happen. No, it happens. Right. Or we've been peeing right. beside you all these years and so yeah, suddenly you think having, we're right. still okay with it even if you have right. pee beside us? No. Even right. if you get your member chopped off, I still don't want you in mm-hmm. our bathrooms. I like flat out. Mm-hmm. I don't because I'm not going to mm-hmm. partake in your delusion. In, in fact, I mm-hmm. think it's I really feel bad for them because my society is uh, affirming and pushing them Mm -hmm. further into this destructive mental, you know, body disconnect that is not helping anybody. Not only is it not helping people out that are thinking and being told that they are trans from everyone, um, Mm -hmm. but it's also, uh, it it is affecting me. I'm a woman. This is directly taking away our... Our safe spaces that we've had to create to stay away from fucking men. Are you insane? To have men say that I'm a Mm -hmm. woman, I should belong in your lactating classes. Get the fuck out of here. It's a fetish. I think people need to talk about it more, about it being a a blatant fetish. Women are so Mm -hmm. blind because I believe it. they're just like, oh, this poor person is is weird and I want them to feel okay. You can Mm -hmm. borrow my baby for a couple of hours. Dear God. Just wake up. People just Mm -hmm. are so naive to... Oh, not every man, or not every, not all, not all. I'm like, no, that's not the point. Like, God Almighty, Mm -hmm. what was that phrase I heard? If there was a room full of uh, poisonous snake, or it was a room full of snakes and only a couple were poisonous, how would you feel going into that? What the fuck? And you don't know which ones are poisonous. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
0: how is that any different? I'm so sick of this shit.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and let's remember that while while we've been talking about that, um, how many women, let's see, yep, six women have been killed while we've been talking about this. These are women, um, you know, killed because they're women, not because they're um, identifying as a pornified set of submissive behaviors, but because they're female people, fully whole embodied people, and they're gone right now just because yeah so um, no we are not we've got all the work that we can handle right now as female people as women trying to help our sisters who are lost right now who are trapped who are disenfranchised to such an extent that they can't even get clean water to drink or to wash their bodies with you know we have to seriously get together and pull we don't have time to Protect men from other men. We don't have time to make that our cause. Yeah, I'm not your I'm not your babysitter. Own, That's insane. Right. Why? We why do we have to be the shields
0: work. for men? This is crazy. Right. Why right, does it yeah.
1: automatically, without
0: any question, um, go into oh, we should just allow these men into women's, you know, prisons? it's like, well, then by theory shouldn't the men who are, like, frail and more feminine be also be put into the the ones that get bullied or whatever or get beat mm-hmm. up in prisons? Well, why aren't they being put in women's prisons? Because they're also, you know, mistreated. It's just such a... It's a, such a sham. It's such a mm-hmm. lie. It's just direct access mm-hmm. to abuse more women. La, la, la. I just... This mm-hmm. denial of what it really is is insane, and especially from women, the handmaidens, is was the most brutal thing to me. I mean... You know, there's some things where, uh, you know, with friendships, I'm like, oh, you know, I have like an atheist friend and I'm a, I'm a believer of God and Christian stuff and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Like I can have the differences of that. Like where I was, I don't know. That's the friendship is, I don't know what's going on with that one. But another one, this is where I had to draw the line. I was, it was a woman who was a flat out handmaiden that was okay with, because January 1st, I believe California passed some sort of thing where men are allowed in women's prisons. And I tagged mm-hmm. her in it. I know I keep bringing this up, but it's still painful. Um, and she was like, you know, going along with, well, if they feel that way, you must protect them. And I was like, I can't, it's just so funny that it came on me to like, mm-hmm. basically be like, I have to undo these ties of the friendship with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just a, a friendship thing where I have to draw the line and be like, you know, my door is open, but I'm, I don't know how I worded it. Cause I wasn't like, you're not my friend anymore, but I, know, I, can't... <laughs> I can't do this. Like if you're literally not sticking up for me as a woman and yourself, this is where i draw the line it was mm-hmm. painful and i was just like geez, man yeah. because she was uh to me then like a feminist she'd wore the pink pussy hat and i then i realized mm-hmm. that she's a lip femme thing or whatever um, but i was my mind was blown i was like wait you mm-hmm. were this like feminist in my eyes and look at this was like what the fuck it was insane mm-hmm. Ugh, it's not a fun journey but i think it's an important journey to take for every woman to like go through what we've been going through and learning about all this because yeah
1: yeah it's enough to make you really um it hurts really bad when you first figure out what's happening mm-hmm. i was a um i was a very vocal proponent uh, well i guess i wasn't all that vocal i was too busy performing unpaid labor to be all that active in any sort of political scheme whatever but mm-hmm i am um, i was pro-trans man i thought like oh my god it's gay plus we've just gotta support these poor people like oh these poor kids like look at these statistics oh, saying that, that. Oh, yeah. they're gonna yeah, yeah. kill themselves if we aren't you know and of course they, I was by the, the way plot. they kill
0: themselves uh after they done all the trans uh or body modification chopping mm-hmm. off body parts and they realize i didn't mm-hmm. solve it and a lot of the right. Uh, how they say it's a suicide thing, but a lot of the murders and whatnot happens to the prostituted transsexuals. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, it's just such a lie. Yeah, you know, prostitution
1: is, is. Yeah, like like we've discussed, prostitution is unsafe. It's oh, really oh, yeah. you're a very a very vulnerable person in prostitution, and I don't think that anyone should be prostituted, and I don't think oh, that anyone no. we don't need a class of people to help men to not accidentally fuck the sex property of another man, which is what prostitution is, I'm sorry. I know that's gonna hurt a lot of people, but that's that's the truth. Like, the um, the uh, class of women, the creation of a class of women that are basically, um, instead of being private male property, like passed down from a father, passed over as a commodity from the father to the husband, um, it's a class of women who are treated like and who aren't actually, but who are treated like public male property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it's like a safety valve, a cultural safety valve, so that men can continue to fuck women, but not accidentally fuck a virtuous wife or a daughter or a virgin daughter. Because if they fuck a virtuous wife or a virgin daughter, then somehow that diminishes her marriage ability. That diminishes her value as a fucking commodity. To men in patriarchy, fuck! Like this is not liberation. This isn't empowering for women. Prostitution is empowering for men. Yes. Okay, just like it's about men and male orgasms and male economic advantage, and male cultural and social advantage. It's it's That's not so liberating for us. This,
0: this uh, the use of the internet and social media. Uh, implementing this fucking propaganda it's like if something was true why do you have to keep repeating it and hire all these people that have a huge public uh platform like aoc and i don't know who else has tweeted out the sex work is work thing it's like Mm -hmm. if this shit was true why the hell are we do we keep repeating it and why Mm -hmm. is it why is it now in this 2021 or whenever that started 2020 i don't know why if that's true why haven't we been saying this for uh, throughout all the years it's just like people mm-hmm. need to wake the fuck up people are just wake such mm-hmm. you know sheep and they don't they really take stuff at surface value and they really mm-hmm. believe what they read and you know mm-hmm. tra- god if something's true yeah. you don't need to say it it just is true right. so if the shit is being repeated over and over and you keep hearing it you know it's just one of those things that it's like I think effective um, propaganda stuff or mm-hmm. advertising or whatever you want to call it you know mm-hmm. yeah
1: um, Well, I mean, as human beings, we're like, we're social, we're mammals, we're hardwired to want to, um, to want to comport with what the people we see around us are doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be Mm pro-social and get along and help other people. And, you know, obviously those are really positive pro-social values that I, you know, it makes perfect sense why people, when presented with a very limited uh, representation of what's going on with this whole trans issue, Mm -hmm. Um, they don't get all of the information and all of the facts about how this is going to actually play out, how it's going to actually impact women and girls and children, male children as well. You know, I um, I was recently uh, thinking about the rape of the woman who was uh, jailed with incarcerated with a man because he said he was a woman, and they put him in um, the women's prison and he perpetrated a rape uh so i was thinking about you know there are all kinds of prisons there are also youth detention centers what about um you know boot camps for girls well girl I, scout, um, you
0: know, uh, scout leaders being trans Iving surviving males mm-hmm. that's already happening holy shit holy shit mm-hmm. and a man mm-hmm. who has a fucking autogonophilic fetish that's dressing like a woman is around children this is happening everywhere, mm-hmm. not just with Girl Scouts in so many scenarios. Drag Queen Story Hour and libraries. How many of those stories have you you know recently come out of them having, you know, crazy amount of child porn? Dear God, people are just like mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that, you know, there there are really positive values being misdirected and manipulated. People who are really good people who are bright, who are caring, mm-hmm. their, yes. their values to be caring and to try to help the vulnerable are because being manipulated. Like yeah.
0: I've been saying that for yeah. the exact same thing. It's right. Really and not. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't blame people who yeah. like I was, who are just wanting to protect and help, you know, like teachers,
0: um, of course they would be like, Oh, okay. You know, cause teachers usually are very caring and
1: it's right. No wonder yeah. why
0: that shit is easily taken hold. And I think most schools. I'm not sure what schools haven't. I don't, I don't know what schools are safe. To be honest, um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe Maria Kefler of Partners for Ethical Ethical Care could answer that because I interviewed mm. her and she talked a little bit about that. But
1: I like them. I like that organization. Oh, they're wonderful. They're so Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: we're at an hour and forty-six, and I could definitely talk forever. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, I would That's love mom. to have you on again. This is not—it's never like an ending when I have a guest on. It's always uh, like a appetizer, really. I mean, my. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, if you have everything you want know to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is there any uh, links or social media stuff or anything that people can find you at?
1: Yes, I have a blog on WordPress that I um I really have to flesh that out some more. But it is—I sent it to you. I'm looking up looking it up right now. It is. Oh, Lara Polanco. Dot, shit. Hold on. Here it is. Lara Polanco. Yeah. It's larapolanco.wordpress.com. So I write some stuff there. Can I you haven't spell done that out
0: just because this goes on the yep. podcast as well and they won't be able to, well, I mean, they can read it, but.
1: Oh, okay. It is dot WordPress.com. Awesome. So yeah, I write about patriarchy and stuff, and I haven't gone there and written much, but I'm about to just blow it up. I really you should have. It.
0: To... Do it, do it, do it.
1: Yeah, I really. It. Yeah, and then I remember to, to, to save off. your stuff
0: if you post it there, because I have heard horror stories of someone's eight-year research where they put it. <gasps> I think it was. I swear to God, I think it was WordPress, and they took it all off.
1: All Wait, right, let me sure guess why. Make sure you save it
0: elsewhere. Oh yeah, you know why? Yeah, yeah, I
1: know why. It's because they don't believe in genderism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, That's yeah, not was, okay. exactly. Yeah, 100%. all right, Lindsay. This has been amazing. The time just flew. I'm sorry, I'm it. going. Oh, sorry, what? No,
0: this is what I want. This is why I do this. I bring on women yeah. to tell their story and just to preach because we need it. And i'm yeah. very happy to um know you and meet all these wonderful women. It's it's amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Thank you. Thank oh, thank, you, thank you, you
1: so much for having me. And I'll I'll talk to you soon. Yes, all right, okay. bye. Hi.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview slash chat with Laura. Lara? Laura? It's weird to pronounce L-A-R-A. I'm like Lara. Laura Laura? Lara versus Laura. I guess it's like people saying Laurie versus Lori. Um, it also depends on how it's spelled. It's like my name is Len Say, not Len C. I I usually tell people that and they think I'm serious, but I'm not serious. Like, um, It sounds, I mean, my name is spelled S-A-Y. That's why I jokingly correct them because they say it like it's S-E-Y. But I don't give, like, I don't care. Like, can you imagine being that, you know, like correcting someone when they're not trying to like even purposely get it wrong? I just think that's such a waste of time. Like the whole pronoun shit. It's such a a joke to be like, look at me and bow down, bitch. (laughs) It is so corny. I'm like, no, I refuse to. Uh, lie to you I'd I'd rather be rude than be a fucking liar straight up blood ow anyway um I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast uh yeah I don't know like uh what to say because I feel like I usually ramble at this part um I don't know there's been some crazy shit happening and um it's neither here nor there maybe I'll write a book about it or someone will write a book about it because it is fucking insanity oh god maybe I'll do a tell-all I don't know Anywho, yeah, I I would like to do, I'm looking forward to, well, I, I want to, and I hope I follow through with this, but it's a money thing. Um, I made a shirt design that says Keep It Real, Remember Reality, and I designed it after the Hypercolor t-shirts from the 80s. If you remember them, you remember. They were amazing. You could put your hand on the shirt and it would change the color of the shirt it was this weird material that could um easily get ruined if you put it in the dryer which i think everyone did um which sucks so i can't imagine like buying one of those shirts now that hasn't been damaged like that's worth serious money just because it survived all its time anywho i love the the design of it because i love 80s aesthetic it's very pastel and um like uh vapor I'm i'm about to sneeze <laughs> jeez god bless myself um yeah it's like very vapor wavy without being vapor wave like vapor wave is a new recycled uh idea of 80s aesthetic i do love vapor wave but it's very current and meanwhile uh hypercolor shirts are very you know from the actual 80s so anyways uh i w- am planning on getting the um font which says keep it real remember reality reality um printed on a you know like a really small number of shirts like maybe i i chose a random number like 22 and the total for just the shirts alone is like 250 dollars and 12 cents i can't remember the total it's definitely um up there um so i'm gonna run a i'm gonna do a small run of them i'm gonna hand dye them, um, tie dye, not like the typical tie dye where it's like that stupid swirl. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. It's going to be a unique tie dye. Um, look, it's actually called ice. The, the method of what I'm going to use is called ice tie dye, which is really cool. Um, and I'm going to hand dye them. So if you guys can, if you would like to support that and donate money to get that funding going, um, that'd be awesome. And I can't wait to do them because I love the idea of doing hand Um, hand created items. I've always loved that. I know a lot of people appreciate that and I love the look of it. So, um, I can't wait and I hope it comes out. Okay. Anyway, um, there's a donate link on my website, Lindsay on my website. It says distorted lens podcast. You click that link and on the bottom, it says support what I do. You can either become a patron on my Patreon or donate with PayPal like directly, um, either or it'd be awesome just to, I mean, support my work anyway, not just for the shirt, um, you know, doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'm, I have a couple of new designs on my red bubble. Uh, oh, I can't believe I don't have a link on my website for that yet. Hmm. I'll get that going or I'll get that on my website. Um, yeah. So how about I say, um, yeah, one more time. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review, uh, my podcast on Apple podcasts. This makes a difference with visibility on Apple podcasts. So other people can see my podcast and click into it and listen to it and also be awakened um yeah i remember to question everything curiosity will totally save humanity namaste y'all
1: To a hospital beside the blanket, sons and daughters machine. This is me reading fed to sleep. I'm an orphan child, adopted daughter of my father industry. It takes cold time care of me. Like a blackbird singing on the last long no, chestnut tree. Somebody gonna